0: You are listening to The Lighter Side Show audio podcast with Jamie Butler, The Everyday Medium, produced by The Lighter Side Network. Visit and subscribe to thelightersidenetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes exploring wholeness living, energy work, trans-channeling, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hi, Lumineers. Welcome to the Lighter Side Show podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Butler, the everyday medium, and I'm with Marion Herringozo from Akashic Ranch in Kamloops, Canada.
1: Hello, Jamie.
0: (laughs) There you are. (laughs) We're on Zoom today, but soon we'll be in person. I love that. We're coming to you in June. And Lumineers, if you want to know more information about that, please head to jamiebutlermedium.com. And check out the workshops link. You'll find everything out about Akashic Ranch, or you could head straight over to AkashicRanch.com. Do I have that right? Yes. And (laughs) Lumineers, if you're just hearing me say Akashic Ranch for the first time, I do ask you to go over to the website. You're going to see some phenomenal pictures that, Marianne, did you take all the pictures? Oh, it's fabulous from rainbows to unexplained phenomena <laughs> such as footprints and crystals and stones that nobody can really explain why they're on your site, but they are. <laughs> and um, I've had the beauty of heading to your space last year in 2018 and had many experiences with the vortexes on your land the energy I've had visitation <laughs> I had I saw lights in the sky in a morning meditation, which I still think about today about what it was, where it was, why it was there, and had some very vivid dreams that I have not had anywhere else, and the healing is incredible it's un- it's really unexplainable to sum it up Marion you've had geologists and special researchers come in and look at your land and still they cannot explain to you what they found. Is that true?
1: Yeah. Like they, they, um, don't believe the the collection of rocks that I'm finding should be together. You know, they've got other explanations. They were dumped there or whatever, but, um, yeah, there's definitely, there's magnetic rocks, meteors, um, lots of lava rocks, so there was, there was some activity there, who knows how long ago, that created um, the crystals that I'm finding on the property.
0: Your land is alive. <laughs> That's the best way I know how to explain it. And the you last... felt that. Yes. Oh, I felt that intensely. So did Colleen. It was crazy. Yes. She said that was the first time that she's been on a property where she could take two steps, not feel anything you know, just feel neutral Mm -hmm. and take two steps back and feel like she's standing in a, like a hallway of energy.
1: Amazing. Massive. Amazing.
0: So I am having you back on the show because I want my listeners to know you. I want them to be able to go to your space. Please head to Akashic Ranch, guys. If it's not for my event in June, you run other events throughout the summer season. I do, yes. And you can find all of that on your website.
1: That's right, on the workshop page. We, we host all kinds of um, really self-help healing events, um, intuitive training events, uh, meditations, group gatherings, a place that's really neutral for people where you can just come, whether you know much about you know spirituality or, or, or that sort of thing or not. It's just such a safe place to be. And when I get the feedback from everybody talking about how they feel, how open they feel, how, you know, just connected they feel, that that makes all the difference to me. That's the reason why we do it.
0: Right, you have some really great stories and we've captured some of those in previous episodes that we've done with you. So Lumineers, if this isn't quenching your thirst to know more, please listen to the other video podcast that we have with Marion and Akashic Ranch. You'll love the stories. But today we're gonna to sit down and do a reading about Akashic Ranch and the direction it's going in. So you get to listen into how I do my private work and and I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> That's really what we're doing, isn't it? <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> I'm trying to get comfortable over here. This is probably the first time I've ever really recorded a private session, knowing that it's going to be published.
1: Yeah, it came to me. Well, I, I dreamt that this was going to (laughs) happen, so I'm glad that it's happening.
0: (laughs) Okay. I, before I start my sessions, I focus on the person's name, which I have, and I meditate and I call in your angels, guides, friends, relatives to come forth and speak to me in their honesty and, um, well, I could just say my intent, but I asked them to speak to me in honesty for your highest health, wealth, and purpose. So now that I have a room full, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 10, 11, 12, 13.
1: Great. Oh, wow.
0: We might not get to talk to everybody that's in the room right now, but I will do my best to explain who everybody is throughout the, the session today. And... Well, it's very conversational. I do ask at any time you have a question, just to jump in and ask your question. And at any time that you don't understand the message that's coming through, you can just jump in and go, wait, Jamie, hold on. Explain to me what that means. You know, tell me a little bit more who, what, when, where, why. And then I can ask Spirit to get a little bit deeper in that and we'll give you the message so that you can understand it. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Awesome. So with the 13 in the room... We are speaking to the three that are standing in front of me. One is a Native American man, and he looks quite familiar to me because I think the first time I saw him, we were standing in your kitchen, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and this man walked by the window, and I thought, that's interesting. I thought we were all inside. You know, you must have a visitor. And I looked in the next window, because that's where you should see the person keep walking and nobody showed up. And then later on I saw him out in the field and that's what prompted me to go meditate in the field in the morning to connect with the natives that were on the land. And then when we did our last tour of the property, um, there were some wonderful stories conveyed by this native American man about the sacred space, And um, this lake that you have on your property, which is more, what is it, alkaline?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And the other lakes in your region are acid-based. Is that correct?
1: That is right. (laughs) That's
0: so crazy. (laughs) So I do recognize him. And he is with two women. They don't look like they're of the same tribe in by the way that they're dressed quite differently. And the woman in the middle of these three, she is shorter in nature that she does have her hair braided. It is out of her face, but she has, it looks like, um, I want to say scratches like in a pattern in her arm. I don't think it's drawings. Could it be something tribal? Yeah, it, it definitely would have meaning. You know, for me, a tattoo looks flat. You know, if you've painted on your skin, it looks flat. This looks raised, like when you scratch yourself and it has like a a a scab or a... Oh, gosh, what do they call that when the scar tissue happens? um I, I
1: can visualize what you're saying.
0: it's raised and there are markings on her forearm. I don't really see the biceps. And I will say, I have not seen women who wear markings like that. Usually what I've seen is um, men who have it mm-hmm. and the woman next to her, she's taller, younger, her arms are clean and she has, um, very heavy shoes on. They look very thick and broad. So it's almost like cartoonish. Whereas the calf and the ankle would be much petite and small. When I look at her, it's like the calf and the ankle are the same size and the foot is ginormous. (laughs) So obviously a winter woman.
1: (laughs) Now, would be uh, like from a past, the earthly past, or would they be outer world
0: all three of these are saying earthly past and they are showing me they used to convene. They would come from different directions um, Mm -hmm. to visit the, um, the clear water that you have, the healing water. The water was actually collected and taken back to their tribes as well. It was carried back. It was the purpose of? It was said that the sweet water that is in your lake was full of healing properties and they would give it to those that were sick.
1: Hmm. And would um, they just have it in their in their um, face or would they actually drink it?
0: No, they would drink it. They would put it in the person that was ill. Hmm. I'm I'm fishing in my head wondering if alkalized water you know would that help an upset stomach or things of that nature. But I I've heard your lake referred to as clear water, healing water and sweet water. So it obviously you know they're describing the way it looks, what it does and how it tastes. <laughs> I think that's very cool. <laughs> um Interesting. The tall Native American. Mm -hmm. When I'm listening to him, he's a little bit more difficult to understand. He's got a beautiful deep voice, but um, the English that I listen to from him is very, oh, it's a heavy accent. That's how I can explain it. It's just not pronounced accurately. It's just heavy. Um, He's showing me, having the opportunity for people to come and stay on the land as when the tribes used to collect in the region. He thinks that you are the right person for the property because you're not claiming ownership of the land. Like uh, the greater white nation does with property. Mm -hmm he says that you care for the land so that the land can be greater and live beyond you. And he's showing me that that's a very healthy relationship. That is so beautiful.
1: (laughs) It just gives me goosebumps.
0: I'm going to look at my property differently when I go home. (laughs) I don't think I view my land that way. That's eye-opening. So he's saying, um, because you, you harvest the relationship in this manner, he honors your ability to collect people from all regions, from different tribes, from different locations to come in peace and be in the sacred space of healing. But the bigger nation today, he says, has a hard time sleeping outdoors and being in the environment. Their skin is not as thick as ours. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. So shelter is going to be needed. He's telling me you don't need to think luxury. It's not about meeting all the sim- it is sorry, thank you. It is about meeting the simple needs of life, but it's not about meeting anything beyond that and he's yeah, even talking about electricity.
1: I understand that too, yeah,
0: he's very pleased about that, um. What am I looking at? What can you describe the picture you're showing me, please? I'm around large boulder rocks. Mm -hmm. And um, since he's not giving me words to say, I'm going to use my own here. I feel like it's one of those natural pools. Have you seen people make those things now? Mm -hmm. It looks like a pond, but really it's a swimming pool but it looks completely natural like a pond. It's like that, but it's heated. There's some source of heat to it. And it's um, all solar powered. It's not using anything, any um, unnecessary energy to keep it hot.
1: But now would I be uh, applying the heat or would it be uh, underground?
0: It's built in the ground, but the ground won't be able to heat it right away. You will need an an element to help it heat, and you can use the solar energy to do it. I've never seen that. I know hot tubs that plug in <laughs> not a hot He doesn't want me to call it a hot tub. <laughs>
1: I've heard a little bit about this, but I was, it was more in the form of a hot spring.
0: Yes. But it's man-made? It's man-made above where the hot spring rises. Hmm. So you create and capture the space with these big bouldering rocks. Hmm. And at first it's going to need help staying hot but in the long run the earth can do it you hi <laughs> there's a grandfather father <laughs> side of family and next to him is father Aww. hi yeah. <laughs> it's good to see you he's saying hi he says hi to all the listeners. <laughs> he, he tells me that's some setup you have. <laughs> nice. Oh, he's noticing all the planes that are flying overhead right now. Yep, I'm not stopping for any sound issues, Lumineers. We're just going to keep going. So if you hear planes, have a drink. Make it a game. <laughs> he's <laughs> laughing. Um. Your dad and your grandfather are showing me. It's a reminder to you about what the water table is doing around you right now. Mm -hmm. That there's a lot of pressure building up underneath the land. Mm -hmm. Especially in the lake area, which your father says where the meteor hit. Meteor right? Is that what we call it? Yeah, meteorite. Meteorite. He's nodding his head really slowly at me. Yes, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> if I could squeeze him right now, I would. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um. So the the water table where the meteorite hit is changing pressure. Um.
1: It's very high. Yes. It's high last year.
0: As, as well as having a lot of gl- glacier melt, that's adding to the pressure, but the main pressure is underneath the ground. And um, this is where you're going to find the hot springs that's going to release a lot of heat. There's volcanic activity. They're they're like veins though, the image in my head. Tell me if this makes sense. Like I don't know a lot about volcanoes and earth crust and stuff like that. Obviously you can hear how I'm saying it. Um but it's like there's a heat vein that one hold on. One, two, three is in the distance so you have two heat veins that are crossing in your property. Mm-hmm. Is there such a thing as like under underground no. hot rivers?
1: I would think so. Are you talking molten or water?
0: It's way molten is thick, right? Mm-hmm. I've got something that looks a little bit more free moving. And then beneath that, deeper in the earth, that's where I have molten, deeper, but it's not so far deep where like, I'm not talking like the core of the earth where it's all molten, but um, deep enough that, you know, humans have dug there. So like, I don't know if I'm making sense. I don't like it when they show me pictures and they leave it to my brain to describe what I'm looking at. Come on. <laughs> I know I mean I'm sorry. Like. <laughs> so that's two layers. The one that's closer to the surface is, I'm going to call it the hot river. It has movement to it. It's freer movement, but not as free as water. And right beneath it, that's where I have what I guess I'll call the molten, river of fire. Are there, I didn't, hmm. <laughs> do you want to know what just went on? <laughs> I was like, are, they really, are there volcanoes up there? I don't really know. And then your father says, how are mountains made? <laughs> I go, well, the plates, when they push against each other and it rises, he goes, why do the plates move? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> So is there
1: supposed to be like a type of um, earthquake or because I have to say, I have experienced um, times when I'm standing in the barn and there's loud, such a loud rumbling that I, it's sounds like an airplane's about to crash on my head and the barn shakes and the horses run out and then it's just gone. I never knew what that was.
0: Shudders. I don't see which would be an earthquake. Yes. But a mild it's tremor that's what it's called tremors. I see heavy tremors, but I wouldn't call it an earthquake. And, and yes, that, that's going to keep happening.
1: Is something like that going to be what helps the water surface the ho- the underground river? Yes When do you see that taking place
0: Next year.
1: I know time is,
0: is difficult. Um, you know, when, um, when the lake dries up, so we're looking at March, April, May, April, that I feel like you're on the property and if you were to walk barefoot, which would probably not be great because it's probably still cold then, with how far north you are, but you will hit spots that are much warmer. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like it's down. If we're up on the mountain where your house is and we just head straight down from the house, kind of where all the vortexes are. Mm-hmm that's a little bit further up on the mountain is kind of where you'll find it. 10, 20, 30, 50 feet up. Hmm. Do you remember
1: when we walked and there was that sort of almost like a trough in the land and there was the grass was different there and that's where we were finding all these vortexes. That's I think where you're describing.
0: Yes. Yes. That's where it is. you're going to feel on your feet the warmth. I don't see any steam in the air. I feel like the steam and a deeper connection or access to the heat is maybe 22, 23, or 2024, but that you can find it and locate it next year. That's exciting.
1: Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that is when the winter, just at the start of the winter here, you know, the lakes are freezing over. We can actually see two lakes minus my own lake and then a pond. And one lake is about the size of mine. Another one is massive. It's a huge, huge public lake. And then a little pond. And All of them were froze over and covered in snow. And the lake on the property was not. What? I could visually see. I took a picture because you could visually see that this lake was warmer. And mom and I walked down and uh, the edges of the lake there was a very thin layer of ice where the others were completely froze over and covered in snow where this one was still watery on the outskirts. Lots of wild animals come to drink from it because it's the only water source available.
0: No way. That. Yeah. Oh, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> Me too. Holy cow. That's yeah. incredible.
1: I'll post that picture on my webpage, the one I took of the lake, that when it appeared visibly different than the other lakes.
0: Thank you. And Luminaires—that's correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the same area where uh, previously you, you take down compasses and the magnetic field there is so strong that you can't read your compass.
1: Yeah, and the EMF um, detectors near some of the rocks would just... You know, it would just go off the charts.
0: That's incredible. Lots of
1: electric, yeah, lots of magnetic uh, properties down there.
0: Your father saying yes, and the big Native American, tall Native American man is saying yes. Hmm. (laughs) Holy cow. Um, What other questions do you have about your land?
1: Well, this Native American man, I mean, he has he was coming up in readings personally to me for years. And then now what I've understood is he's protecting the land um, together with my dad, but he seems to be almost a spokesperson for everyone. What is his, other than bringing the messages, what is his position in this whole thing? What is his duty?
0: His job when he was living was the, um, The collection of getting everybody together to make the journey to communicate to other tribes to create peace. So now that he is in spirit, he's coming back to the land still because it used to be like an annual, um, Journey, what would you call that? Pilgrimage?
1: Yeah, pilgrimage, like a neutral zone.
0: I mean, I'm looking in my head. I can see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's nine there 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I can see up to 17 different groups, tribes. Oh. <laughs> Seven like many, and if they couldn't send everybody, they would at least send you know like three to five from each tribe that would walk in, and it was a place where you could hold peaceful talks. It's a place where you could talk about tracking animal and how many there were and what animals to take care of if they had low numbers uh oh really you're you actually do that he's looking at me like, why are you so excited and surprised? Well, I just didn't think that (laughs) I didn't think that they would communicate like that. They also, he said, share, um, healing plants. And it was a bit of a trade, you know, we grow all of these plants in this region and this helps with fever and this one grows all these plants, which helps with wounds. And they would, um, come and gift it to each other out of, um, peacemaking. And it was Thank never you. a time to fight. Wow.
1: Amazing.
0: So he continues that on the property. Spirit wise, oh my gosh. Spirit wise, they are still coming and collecting on your land.
1: Oh, I just got
0: <laughs> my heart is in my stomach right now. Oh, wow. They are still coming and collecting. Wow. And he wants the, the people today living to come and collect. It is the first break from winter when everybody begins to pack up and make their way um, towards, <laughs> towards the, <laughs> the green lake.
1: Wow. I'm so right about the time I opened my season. <laughs> yes. Guessing. How interesting. I didn't.
0: And um, your dad's jumping in and he said he's not surprised that even if you don't plan it that way, <laughs> that people start to come and gather and collect themselves the moment the winter breaks and find themselves at your property. And much like how people, much like how people have music festivals, mm-hmm. you're going to have a gathering festival <laughs> and people will come and stay on the land. But I only see it happening for like three nights. You know, it's not, it's not a long gathering It's to share It's to trade like gift economy. And they would like to see the people today, as the Native American is talking again, he liked to see the people of today learn the trade economy and how to care for each other. That would be wonderful. So people would bring their wares and their healing abilities and their knowledge, and they would just give, give and receive. No measurement of worth, quantity amount, no financial dollar put on it, nothing. Wow. That is beautiful. So I think you're going to see that happen over the next several years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So giving them a place to stay is going to be a top priority and the Native American says that you will not be doing this alone yay (laughs) Um, what you have done so far on your own has been more than expected on their behalf so you have overly succeeded in your point in finding a home and being called to the land and to serving the land the way that you the way that you take care of it. He said last year, 2018 was your year to be a big mouth <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to market is what that means. Everybody <laughs> not to.
1: <laughs> well, it truly was kind of the year where I sort of went a little more public about things, as you know, um, and we keep coming last year and stuff. So I agree with that. Entirely.
0: <laughs> your big mouth year. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. This year's theme is, um, you know, arms out. So you've had your big mouth. Now you have arms out. So you're going to be receiving a lot of what you've set last year. So when people are going to offer to come to do things, there's a a woman standing to my right. She has black hair and she has these um, cat-eye glasses. Like straight up early 1960s look. Light blue button-up dress with a waist. You know, it comes like to the knees. And it looks like there's little red or pink pattern on it, like tiny flowers or circles or something. And she has flats on. I'm asking her again and again, who are you? Who are you? Yeah, right? <laughs> How are you connected to this? Are you related? No. Are you a friend? No. Okay. Um. Are you related to the land? No. Do you know the land? Yes. She shows me she's a school teacher.
1: Oh, I just got chills.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> She was um, brought in to teach.
1: From Ireland?
0: She's saying yes. Why, how did you know <laughs> to pull that out?
1: Well, because I, when I first moved here, I was interested in the history of the land. And um, it was funny because it was owned by Lewis Campbell all the way up to the lake here from the highway. And he was American and he... He brought. It was during the Gold Rush era, and he brought the largest volume of cattle up from the states to be able to feed the Gold Rush people. He was very wealthy, but because he was American, they didn't put him in any of the Canadian books. And <laughs> so when I went to the library, I just <laughs> I was poking around, and I'm like, okay, we need. I need some information, right? And so they actually brought me a, a folder of um, handwritten letters from that era. And there's a school nearby here, an old school that it still remains standing. She's it's
0: pointing to strong. herself. Uh-huh. Oh,
1: interesting. And I read that the first teacher that was brought in was from Ireland. I don't know why that stuck with me, but it
0: <laughs> that's uh, now I got goosebumps. Wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. It's-
0: <laughs> <laughs> she thought it would be impactful for you to have her present. Because she said in my time, she said the natives, she said, which is what we called them because they were native to the land. Uh, she says the natives were still gathering. There weren't as many oh. as the the 17, but she says there were four that would gather every year.
1: Oh. And, and that would be. Oh, no, it had to have been sooner.
0: Yeah, that was much sooner.
1: Because these letters I was reading were from the late 1800s. (laughs)
0: 1892 is what I can see in my head.
1: Oh, yeah. That resonates for sure. Wow.
0: She said she... Ah, thank you very much. Um, She has incarnated back to the same era, no, area, thank you, as a teacher, and she likes the convenience of the most recent life to what we are in now, because it's easier to communicate, and she loves the clothes, (laughs) much freer. (laughs)
1: So she's in existence
0: now. No, she has crossed over. She crossed over in the 70s, 77, 78.
1: But she just likes being present.
0: She loves being here. Because a lot of what she taught not only was English, you know, classic studies, she said, I felt it was very important that the chil- the new children that were coming in knew the history of the natives that were there before us. So she would actually talk about it, whereas it was not supposed to be spoken of because there was a disagreement about whose land it really was. She said it was very disheartening And so the natives would come around, but nobody would really talk to them and nobody would um, challenge them. And if they wanted to sleep or lay down or eat or do anything, we just let them be. You know, that might be interesting to research if there's any documentation on how the relationship between the, the first people and the settlers were after the settlers came in. Did they conflict? Did they just say, hey, we can coexist, you can do whatever you want as long as you let us live the way that we want to live? Because that's right. the way she's talking about it, is that almost like vagrants is the feeling when she's talking about the natives. It makes my heart break a little bit, but she sounds very kind when it comes to them and she felt it was important to discuss it and document it where she didn't think a lot of that was happening. Interesting. She knew what it felt like from her own country and her own experience and having settlers come in and take over where people lose their land, lose their wealth, lose their means of existence and are told just to pick up somewhere else they don't care where. And there's. Laughter right here because she made a joke of, talk about being bullied.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No kidding.
0: So she came back as a teacher one more time in the same area. Wow. Uh, Jackson was her last name, and she is an elementary teacher in the 50s and the 60s. Uh, pa, P. Her first name begins with a P, like a, I want to say like a Paulina or a Polly. P Jackson. That'd be fun to research too. I will. <laughs> I think it's Jackson, not Johnson. I hear a hard K in it. Okay. Hmm. She's happy that you found some of her letters and her work. And she is she wants to be a part of the movement of healing the land and bringing back the spirits that used to keep it alive, which is a request everybody is now talking about, so um uh everybody's talking at once. I'm going to do my best to keep up, and if it doesn't make sense, you know, please stop me and have them clarify it a little bit more but Contributing a daily ritual, daily set of words where you evoke or invoke. (laughs) How about call upon? Okay. (laughs) We'll just ditch that word altogether. Um, I keep telling them it's much easier if one speaks at a time. But if you will call upon the first people, all who gathered here before, to return and help preserve and heal the land for its its life's purpose, its work's purpose. Because mm-hmm. they're showing me uh, people with headaches, um, autoimmune deficiencies, uh, cancers, all these imbalances in their physical body, I see them being Relieved. Um, and some of them are relieved to the point where it's resolved and it's not coming back. Wow. The majority are being relieved enough where the person can get on top of it and promote the healing themselves into a cure. But you need the help. A daily um, affirmation That says, I call upon those who walked here before. I call upon you to help me. And then you set the boundaries and what the land is for and what you as a director of its future are going to do with it. Mm -hmm. You will feel a shift and a change really on the whole mountain. And that goes beyond the properties that you're, I want to say owner of, but I'm staring down the eyes of the Native American who does not say <laughs> you own land. So I don't know what to say, but that your name is upon
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: land companion. I don't know. <laughs> what do we call this?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, in the past, it was kind of told to me as if it were a, a sort of marriage marriage I do my part; it does its part. Oh, I'm a whatever guidance I get.
0: I like that. Your marriage. Okay, I've heard this sound now like three or four times, and I don't know what it means. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like in the the '60s American. Motown, which I love, my lumineers, you know, guys, I love <laughs> Motown so much. You know, they would bebop and they'd be like, shoot, dooby doo, like, shoot, yeah. dooby wop, lapa, you know, like things like that. Mm-hmm. This is what the sound reminds me of. It's like a, it's like a shoe, shoe wop kind of a sound. Shoe wop,
1: hmm.
0: biddy bop, like, <laughs> not the bitty bop, but the, <laughs> the shoe wop. And the, huh. so, it's not sewage, it's Sue, Sue su. Sue, Sue are you- <laughs> <laughs> they're, la- they're laughing at Native- me. I feel like I'm naming something, but I don't know what I'm naming.
1: Oh, interesting. Could it be a Native American word?
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm. I'm probably certain of it. Yeah. up. <laughs> uh, uh, sh- sh- <laughs> My pronunciation is incorrect. <laughs> he tells me. <laughs> oh no!
1: Can you spell it for
0: you? Ooh, thank you. That's a good question. Okay, here we go. Um, S H mm-hmm. U. Another S. W. Uh, w. P. E. C. No. W. No, spell one word. It don't spell them both. S. H. U. S. W. E. P.
1: AP? Sh-
0: it could be AP. And I know, I know it's a vowel right there. Shoo. Ooh. So sh- shoo swap. <laughs> Can I interject? Sure. Okay. <laughs> You're going to sing with me? do 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 do
1: Is that where he's from? Because the, there's an area just northeast of here called the Shoe Swap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> called a what?
1: It's called the shoe swaps and it's a, uh, it's a couple schwaps. of links.
0: A- that's it. That yes. Yes. That- that's where. Worth- okay. <laughs> Interesting.
1: So oh that's the journey he would take with. Yes.
0: From there. Yes. Okay. Shoe, sh- shoe swap. Like yeah, I'm shoe swapping swap. shoes with someone. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's about, um, I'd say, an hour's drive from here, maybe a little more.
0: Wow, have you ever been?
1: Oh yeah, Choue is like um, She's beautiful lake. See, yeah, doesn't it, it sound Motownish? When everyone...
0: <laughs> it
1: does. I wouldn't have thought that, but now that you say it,
0: <laughs> I can only use what I know. <laughs> um.
1: I'll show it to
0: you on a map. Oh, I'd love to see it. Yeah. The the lakes up there aren't like the lakes that you have. Even that far away. Um, But he's telling me that there are other lakes that are similar to yours that he has heard of. So on your free time, <laughs> because you have so much, <laughs> I laugh, <laughs> to yeah. look at the quality of lakes within your region, not just locally, like 20 miles, we're talking like big mountain region, because there were other meteorites that hit. I don't doubt it.
1: I don't doubt it. That's
0: really cool. I have
1: heard it's like... Yeah, I have heard from others that this area, like the Kamloops area, is is very, very high energy zone. And I'm assuming it might be because of the meteors and stuff.
0: Who is um, Lolo? Not Lula, (laughs) not Lolly, but Lolo. That's the nickname we have for our cat. Her name is Aloha, but we call her Lolo. Cute. Um,
1: it that's, an, supposed
0: to that's another thing I keep running across. There's doc. There's doc. Sorry. There's documentation. Um, I want to say it's a man. Low, low. Mm. Hmm. There would be more information with what Lolo has said that will help you with the property. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I I don't know what other questions to ask about what that is. um,
1: I don't don't know either. It doesn't really ring the bell. But in terms of, um, you know, all this guidance and all these messages coming in and stuff, do they feel that I'm picking it up properly? Acting accordingly? Yes. Yes. I feel like it's such a huge responsibility. But
0: (laughs) in the the end, (laughs) yeah, in the end, when you look back, your father said, You're just, you won't understand how you got where you did. But nothing is a rush, there's no absolute timing. It's just one thing at a time, which he says that you like because you like to be challenged. You're not someone who rests well. He says that you like to always have something to do. You're project oriented. Hmm. It's like yeah. somebody else I know.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that like we've, we've spoken to some of the people that have been on the land and come to the land and work with the land, um, on the other side but would you say that the land itself has its own consciousness
0: yes they were saying yes what? before you even finished your question
1: <laughs> and is the is there anything that it, it wants us to know or anything it to put across to me or
0: it's a long silence. Jesse's probably editing this and going, what just happened? (laughs) Um, I swear to God, I'm not in my body for like five seconds there. I am seeing pictures. The land, the land's biggest message is to bring me, bring me the people. Let me heal them. But the land showed me these spikes. They're made of metal. To me, I would say copper. And they go deep into the earth. And people can come around and... This looks so sci-fi. I can't... I'm going to tell it anyways, but... It's like you can hold on to the metal rod dogs are going crazy here you can hold on to the metal rod that goes deep into the earth and receive charges like ions and almost um, electricity energy and one of it is so prominent that the rod that comes off has these metal wires again I think to my eyes they look copper And they come off and people can sit in a circle and meditate while holding on to the wire. So you don't have to be standing next to the rod with hands on it, but you can be far away and still be connected to the current that's happening. And because you're touching the earth with bare feet, you're creating a circuit. And it is, gosh, it is... A current that is vibrating cellular composition in the body and the illness and disease that's trapped in the body won't be able to hold this vibration. So it disrupts it and it begins to um, decompose or like shake loose, dissolve, Mm dissolve. And am I supposed to
1: be putting these um, copper rods into the ground?
0: I see other men, all men for some reason, that do this kind of work, that know this type of um, component, this energy, that are going to come in and help you set it up. So you don't have to know all the information on it, but you will be learning about it. Mm-hmm. Gary. Are these men- the men will be up on the land. I feel like one's name is Gary. <laughs> okay. Scientists. It's when you start letting the scientists come up.
1: Is that supposed to be happening this year?
0: This year, it it starts this year, but I don't see the rods in the ground this year. But I do know people are... <laughs> people are looking?
1: I do know people are coming. I keep being told about various groups or interest groups and things like that. I don't know who they are. I haven't been approached yet, but I... It's just a continuous message I get um, pertaining to this. So when you said these men, it it sat well with me because I kind of already know that it'll happen in that way.
0: It'll also help change the um, weather structure or weather pattern as well. In the sky, like up and beyond your property. Of course, that's already happening. Sure. If your lake isn't freezing over and every other lake is freezing over around you. <laughs> so I guess it's just going to amplify what it's already doing.
1: Yeah, well, and I wondered, um, you know, I've told you before about different sightings that I've had here on the property and over the last three years or so. Um, but I have to tell you, this last month has just been out of this world. Like, um, oh my gosh. And it's not just myself witnessing either. Um, Julian Parker, he works here at the ranch and together he and I witnessed it one night and it it, it wasn't a shooting star. It wasn't a satellite. It actually fell down, to the, like down the ground. Um, so I'm assuming a meteor of some kind or something. Both of us saw it. And then the next night we saw it again. <laughs> So it was two nights in a row. And then probably about maybe, I'd say a week, week and a half later, again, I was looking up the living room window and there was this um, large, bright, bright, bright yellow orb. Um, It didn't look like the stars because the stars are sort of that white blue and um, it was not a plane because we actually, there is a a flight through here to the Kamloops Airport so we know where the planes are and what they look like. It was not like that it just glowed bright. And then it just kind of moved to the left, you know, in my in my line of sight, a couple of feet and just kind of faded out, like disappeared. There was no clouds in the sky that night. I and mean, we had some very cold weather and very clear nights. And um, soon after waking, like that night, I woke up the next morning. I tell you, I had so many, so many ideas. I couldn't stop writing. I couldn't stop writing things about um, teaching children intuitive work. Um, different things like that. I felt like I was downloaded, but, you know, I also thought to myself that I keep seeing these in January every year, but I'm, I'm assuming that might just be because the nights are longer. That's about the only time of year when I'm sitting in front of the the living window still, because there's nothing else to do. It's too cold and too dark. Um, But yeah, we've seen a lot of sighting. So, I mean, asking, say my dad, is it an increased amount of activity or is it just that we're seeing it?
0: Yeah. Your dad responded well before you. He goes, it's just the time she's looking up. You know, if you were looking up more often, do you would be able to say it's just normal activity? You know, that yellow orb is what I saw in my morning meditation and the sun was up. And I thought there was something reflective in the sky, like an airplane, Hmm. but it, It never moved, and there are no stars in the sky because the sun was already up, and then it moved down, and it moved to the side, and it moved to the other side like it was watching me. Um, So I sat very still. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, I'm the only thing out in this big field It's going to pick me up.
1: (laughs) And it does. It moves slowly and kind of Mm -hmm. like, you know, almost.
0: Yes. Yes, that was exactly what I had witnessed. And then in a flash, it just kind of moved like up and away. It was gone. And there was nothing else in the sky. There was no way I could explain it. That's awesome.
1: You know, you know, I see these things, but. I still, I, I'm the type of person that needs proof. And I, you know, I eliminate all the, well, was it a plane or was it this, or was it that? Um, But there's just some things that you just can't describe. And and the fact that almost 90% of the time I'm with someone and that same, that person sees it as well, where it's just like we sit there discussing it for the next two hours, (laughs) how it looked, what it did, you know? Um, I, yeah, I just feel like I'm seeing more of it. I um, I'm assuming I don't know, are they working with the energy of the land? Or is that just an energy ball or energy source?
0: It's an energy source. That's why they're attracted to it. They can draw from it, collect from it. Oh. Oof. Um, so that makes sense if the whole magnetic field is a different structure on your mountain because of meteorite or whatever, you know, the compass isn't working, the EMFs are going crazy that Mm -hmm. they know how to harness that energy. It's easier to collect. It's a stronger source, Mm -hmm. a power source, but us as humans, we're not tapped into that knowledge yet. We're a little bit behind or slower. So I guess that's what this copper current or metal current, Currency and the land to human is helping us learn how to harness this new source of energy. (laughs) Your father, that's very Tesla. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Well, I have to add to that when you I'm I've had um, a participant that came to your workshop last year and he's actually come and slept on the property down by the water and i mean you can generally hear it on your own too but when you're when you put your ear to the ground you can actually hear the ground humming there's an actual sound coming from the ground really i'm assuming that's the energy current or it could be i wondered if it was the underground river but there's definitely a um an audible sound coming from the ground
0: They're saying yes, yes, and yes. So we'll go ahead and close up the podcast and the session. I want to thank you so much for letting me be here and thank you for letting me translate for you. It is such an honor to meet all of your people. Your father saying thank you. He loves you. Grandfather as well. And your mom's mom. That's your grandmother. Yeah, Anna. She says hello.
1: Oh, my grandma.
0: <laughs> She's, I think, mm, it's a little kiss and a little... And and please to say hello to her daughter and give her a kiss as well. I will. <laughs> your father says the same. And to...
1: I will. She's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> good they're saying thank you, and they are signing off.
1: Thank you, all of you, and thank you, Jamie. That was amazing, as usual, as always, <laughs> and um, just some very wonderful, clear insights and confirmations and um I love hearing what the other side has to say, you know outside of my ideas, thoughts, and visions, and things like that. so this is very, very
0: powerful and very wonderful yay and i can't wait to see you in june thank you for having me back
1: of course i'm so excited
0: and lumineers thank you so much for lending us your ears today we hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day and remember it's not woo woo it's true true The ideas expressed by guests and channeled guests on The Lighter Side Show podcast are not necessarily Jamie's personal beliefs. Information received from The Lighter Side Show podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical or psychological advice. For up-to-date info on Jamie, visit jamiebutlermedium.com. And subscribe to The Lighter Side Network, Lumineers. I'll see you there. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary.